Welcome into another episode of the Rush Review. Um, on today's episode, we are actually going to do an interview with Jordan Hill. Um, if you listened before, um, he has been on our podcast. Um, he is with the Auburn Opelika News. Um, covers Auburn sports, obviously. And uh, so we're going to get to that interview in just a second. So stay tuned. All right, so we are back with Jordan Hill of the Opelika Auburn News, and uh, so we're just going to talk to him a little bit about uh, Auburn's season so far, staff changes, some recruiting, what he thinks uh, is the outlook going on. Um, so we'll we'll kick it off right quick with just your opinion of how year one went for Brian Harson on the Plains. Yeah, you know, it, it was a year that is really interesting to look back because it, it had such a, a drastic change of, of sort of tune and, and the way things were going. Auburn starts 6-2 and two. in Harson's first year. You beat LSU in Baton Rouge for the first time since 1999. Things are looking good. You know, you had a little slip up against Georgia State, but you still managed to win. And then kind of the bottom fell out. You lose your five, your final five games, including a bowl game to Houston, including an Iron Bowl that was very much winnable and you just couldn't get the job done in four overtimes. And, yeah, I mean, since the season ended with that loss to Houston and, and pretty much a, a hometown Birmingham Bowl, it's just a couple hours uh, north of Auburn, you know, it's, it's been kind of a rough going. You know, they parted ways with Mike Bobo and, and decided they're going to hire Austin Davis, who, you know, not, about nine years ago, he was playing quarterback at Southern Miss and mm-hmm. had about seven years as a player in the NFL as a quarterback. He's going to be the offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach. And Derek Mason decided uh, this past week uh, he was going to leave Auburn, and then it was announced on a third, or a Wednesday, I should say, that he was going to take the same position at Oklahoma State. Um, granted, a good Oklahoma State that had one of the nation's best defenses last year, but a move from Auburn to Oklahoma State, it kind of makes you scratch your head. And, uh, you know, it's been a very interesting offseason. You know, Bo Nix deciding to leave. He goes to Oregon. Uh, you know, they've lost, I think, 16 scholarship players who have decided to go into the portal. Some are still in the portal. Uh, you know, several of them have chosen their new homes at the next level. And uh, it's, it's just a really interesting time. There's been a lot of move, a lot of change. Uh, Auburn and, and Brian Harson have been able to, to get some really quality guys in the portal, like defensive tackle Jason Jones. Uh, they signed the number one JUCO defensive tackle in Jeffrey Emba, um, a guy that is still pretty new to football but has a lot of potential. Um, you know, I think that the early signing class has people cautiously optimistic. They, they really shaped up and, and, and firmed up a class that was pretty much in the 40s nationally and, and was, for a while, 14th out of 14 teams in the SEC. And right now, if I'm remembering correctly, 247 has them as the 16th class nationally, 7th in the SEC. You know, not quite what you would want, you know, being basically stuck in the middle between Alabama and Georgia, but a drastic step in the right direction compared to where things are. Uh, the biggest thing to me that's going to really shape what happens going into Brian Harson's second season is if they can get more portal additions. And, you know, I don't know how much of that we're going to see from now going into spring, but I think after spring ball that that might be a real opportunity for them. 
for them to try to go. And, and the biggest two places I think they need help is wide receiver, where they've lost their leading receiver from last year, Kobe Hudson. He uh, is now going to be at UCF with Gus Malzahn. And, uh, and then offensive line, which they, they luckily have gotten several guys to, to come back and use their sixth year of eligibility. And center Nick Brahms, offensive tackle Austin Troxel, uh, offensive guard Alec Jackson. Those are some experienced guys, but it was a line that, that struggled for uh, a significant amount of time in 2021. So I, I think if they can find a few receivers, because right now really – if, as it stands, they're going to be relying on a super senior in Alec Jackson, or a super senior in Shedrick Jackson, I should say, that played really well uh, down the stretch last year, but, uh, you know, is going to really have to step up if he is the guy. And then three true freshman receivers, and, and that's a tall task for some guys that were playing high school ball last year. So, yeah, I'm really interested to see how they kind of close out spring into summer if they're able to add some more guys, because there were guys in the portal, you know, a receiver from James Madison, a receiver from UL Lafayette, that they really wanted, that they offered, that they pushed for, who decided to go elsewhere. The James Madison receiver went to South Carolina. UL Lafayette receiver uh, wound up going to LSU. So, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's definitely still some needs on this roster, and I think if they're not filled, it's going to be real cause for concern at some of those position groups going into 2022. Um, <clears throat> just to touch on a few things that you mentioned, you know, with Bobo leaving, Mason leaving, uh, do you foresee any other roster attrition due to those guys leaving? Because, I mean, you know, Derek Mason, for all his faults as a head coach, is a pretty dang good defensive coordinator. Um, so, you know, that's, that's you know, a pretty good-sized loss for a team, especially with, you know, his recruiting ties in the South. Um, and then, you you know, you promote, Jeff, what is it, Jeff Schmetting, is that right? Um, yes, to, to your defensive coordinator. And he doesn't, you know, you know he, granted he's been there for a year, but he doesn't have as deep a ties as a guy like Mason does. Yeah, you know, I think as it stands, I don't think there will be much roster attrition. There's definitely the possibility. I mean, we're recording this, and, and earlier today on a Thursday, uh, Marquise Robinson, a defensive lineman who was a true freshman this past year, he went into the portal. But he was a guy that only played one game. You know, you might see guys like that, but I don't necessarily think that, you know, some of their bigger guys, like a, a Colby Wood or a Marcus Harris, guys like that, you know, I think guys that really contributed in 2021 probably aren't going to go into the portal after a guy like Mason leaves. Uh, but it's college football, man. You know, yeah. we might wake up tomorrow and I'll be like, whoa! You know, <laughs> but as it stands, I think pretty much everyone who had decided or at least was on the fence, you know, about coming back, I think they've probably made up their mind as far as, you know, if they were going to do it, I would think the majority of those guys have already done it. And uh, keeping on the just that coaching front real quick, and of course we'll move on a little bit, but that change at coordinator, uh, how do you see that fit overall for what Auburn is trying to do? It seems like Carson and uh, the new hire there, it's almost like the Boise State of the South right now. It's, it's kind of funny. They both come from Boise State in the past. But anyway, how do you think that that hire kind of accumulates what Auburn was going to try and do in the next year? Well, I think what it really says to me is that Brian Harson is doubling down on that this is going to be his football program and he's going to run it the way that he knows to run it. And, and, you know, going back to last year's staff, he had plenty of guys on staff from Boise. Uh, Jeff Schmetting was the mm-hmm. inside linebackers coach. Brad Bedell, 
is the tight ends coach. Uh, 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 Pittman, I'm trying to think, I think it's Jeff Pittman, is the strength coach. They all came with Brian from Boise. Uh, but he had two coordinators, one that had been an SEC head coach, Derek Mason, and then Mike Bobo, who had about 15 years of experience as an offensive coordinator, or at least a quarterback's coach, position coach in the SEC. And a year later, both of those guys are gone. And Harson, to me, is really betting on himself, betting on you know his style of football, what he knows, what he felt worked at Boise State in the Mountain West. You know, he feels like can work in the SEC. Now, can it? I don't know. I mean, you can say that uh, he, he's going to buy into his brand and what he thinks is going to work. Um, but he's coming off a 6-7 and seven season, and, and, you know, results kind of speak for themselves. And um, I will give credit to Brian that, you know, he's really kind of taken this on. There's not really going to be an excuse if there are issues this year because he's really built this staff in the image that he had at Boise State, you know, that one at a lesser level. Uh, certainly easier to do that at Boise State than it is at a school like Auburn, again, with the standing that Alabama and Georgia have right now in this conference. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think anything might look drastically different or, or you know, be like, whoa, this defense looks totally different because these guys, you know, Schmetting was on staff. And uh, something that Derek Mason talked about uh, last spring was that you know Mason, Jeff Schmetting, and Burt Watts, who was the edge rushers coach, uh, had all been defensive coordinators before. And Derek Mason talked about it's kind of like being in a lab, and, and all three of the guys are kind of like experimenting. And, well, we like this, and you know we think this works. So you know I think there was probably some of that Schmetting you know influence in the defense they had last year. So I kind of think that might be you know there might be more things from sort of the Boise background and maybe what Schmetting ran there that we see. But I think on the whole, it probably won't be very drastically different. Uh, other than again, sort of like I hit on, that I think Harson's really betting on himself and betting on what he has seen work before, albeit not at this level, not the SEC. Um, I want to ask you another question about <clears throat> coaching changes before we move on. Um, you know, Brian Harson is more kind of like a West Coast type guy. When those, you know, West Coast jobs were open, you know, your USC, your Oregon, Washington State, Washington, stuff like that, was there ever any inclination that he might go over, you know, to uh, search out like a job like that, or was he always going to be invested in Auburn, uh, you know, as long as they'll have him? Well, yeah, you know, I think that you know, there were a lot of rumors his name came up, you know, as more like potential candidates. I don't think anything ever got really serious. You know, I think it's one of the situations, too, that I kind of wonder if a what in a what-if scenario, if Brian had stayed at Boise, um, you know, had he gotten in the mix of one of those jobs? Because I think a lot of people respected him. Uh, for what he had done at Boise and the work he had done, and he has a lot of ties out there. But I think that, you know, coming over here, I think he had really made a commitment that he wanted to seek this thing out and, and to try to try to, try to to build something. And whether he's able to do that or not, it kind of remains to be seen. You know, I think this second year is going to be really big in telling us, you know, if he is able uh, to build something of a contender at Auburn. Uh, but yeah, I don't think anything ever got really serious, or you know, I don't, I don't know if any conversations were had. His name did come up with some of those jobs, and 
you know, I, I really felt like of those jobs that the Washington one probably would have made the most sense. And again, that might have been a situation if he had still been at Boise that he gets in the mix and, and maybe lands that Washington job. Um, but you know, it's kind of it was kind of a complicated thing too. You know, like he wouldn't have been in the mix with a Washington State job, for example, uh, because of the vaccine issues that knocked Nick Rolovic out of that job. Uh, Brian Harson had kind of gotten himself into a little bit of heat over, uh, you know, he didn't really want to talk about his vaccination status, and and that was sort of a, an issue in the state of Washington. Um, so that might have been involved with the Huskies' job too, if he had sought it out. Um, but yeah, I don't think anything got really serious as far as any of those jobs. I think. With his background, those ties would have made sense. I think it was just a situation where he's really committed to, to try to make this thing work at Auburn, and uh, he probably wants to stick it out and, and not just go one year and then decide to go back and, and try to coach back out on the West Coast. All right. We'll, uh, <clears throat> we'll move on from this topic, and we'll get into something something else a little bit juicier here is the Auburn quarterback room. Uh, what do you foresee since Bo Nix has left to go to Oregon uh, from for Austin Davis in year one as offensive coordinator with this quarterback room? You got Zach Calzada coming in from Texas A&M. You got T.J. Finley back for another year. What what are, what is your take on the quarterback situation going forward? Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, I thought it was funny when uh, when Calzada committed. And, you know, that was a guy that was a starting quarterback in the SEC, you know, had his big moment last year in beating Alabama and helping the Aggies beat Alabama. But all the talk around the program was, they're not, oh, we're not done. We're going to go add another quarterback. And people really thought it was going to be Caleb Williams. There were a lot of people around the program that were excited that felt like they had a legitimate shot at the former Oklahoma quarterback. And then for whatever reason, it just kind of waned out. They just they decided that you know they didn't think that their candidacy or, or their push for him was really going to pay off, and they basically shut the door on that happening by adding Robbie Ashford, a, a guy that played small in football at Oregon for two years, never saw the field in football for the Ducks, uh, but is a, a somewhat local guy. He went to Hoover High School uh, just up in Birmingham, and, uh, and and is a talented guy, but uh, not you know not of the level of like a Caleb Williams. So as it stands, to me, looking at it, entering spring, it's either going to be Zach Calzada, who uh, you know had his moment, but you know was pretty inconsistent. And I've talked to some people that covered Texas A&M and got to see him, and it was basically like you know he got the job because Haynes King got hurt, mm-hmm. and he he was sort of inconsistent. Then he really, I mean, had the game of his life against Alabama. And then it was kind of back to that inconsistency the rest of the year. And you saw Texas A&M. I mean, I think they had, what, eight wins this year or something like that. Yeah. They you know, were, were sitting pretty. You beat Alabama and you think, all right, we can win the division. And they just weren't able to, to keep it up and, and get the job done. Uh, so I think it's between him and, and T.J. Finley, a guy that, you know, to his credit, he played through some injuries after he replaced Bo Nix but was really inconsistent and really missed out on some big opportunities. I think, you know, going back to Auburn's last game in the Birmingham Bowl, they have an opportunity after a Houston turnover uh, to, to throw a touchdown that pretty much puts the game away, and he's got a deep shot, and uh, he just misses it. Just has a, a, an inconsistent throw that's not on the money and falls incomplete. That drive stalls out, and then 
lo and behold, when you get to the end of the game, Houston winds up getting the ball going down and scoring, and you lose. Uh, there's a lot of inconsistencies, and I can understand why Auburn went into this offseason feeling like they needed to add quarterbacks. And, you know, they've added two transfer portal guys in Zach Calzada and Robbie Ashford, and they're also adding true freshman Holden Gurner, a guy from Savannah that uh, that played really well and that showed out and that helped uh, his high school win the state championship. That beat Carver Columbus for the state title. Um, you know, I don't know how likely it is a true freshman gets in the mix, but that's another option. But uh, the way it stands right now, I feel like realistically it's, it's probably going to be Calzada or T.J. Finley. And, uh, and I, you know, if I, if I had to give someone a, a nod right now, I think it would probably be Calzada. But those two guys are going to compete and battle it out. And I think it's going to be a storyline throughout the spring and, and even going into the next fall camp. You know, it's interesting that you say you give the nod to Calzada right now, even though, which I, I was going to say that since Finley's been in the, you know, the he's been there for a year, but now with a new offensive coordinator coming, it's like they're both starting at, you know, back at square one almost, you know. Oh, absolutely. And to me, the reason I really give Calzada the nod right now is because at this point, to, to what you just said, this coaching staff, at least Brian Harson has gotten to see a year of T.J. Finley. And, you know, when they added T.J. last year in the offseason, it was a guy that had shown flashes at LSU that played really well in his, his debut against South Carolina, struggled mightily against Auburn, struggled a lot against Alabama. And, you know, for a new coaching staff, I could have understood the appeal of, hey, this is an SEC-caliber quarterback. Let's add him in the room and we can see, you know, what he can do. And, you know, he had his moments. I mean, he's the reason pretty much that they beat Georgia State and avoided what you could have argued would have been maybe the worst loss in program history, at least in the modern era. Um, but to just kind of struggle with consistencies. And, again, I think he deserves a lot of credit for playing hurt. Um, you know, played on basically one leg in the Iron Bowl and tried to put Auburn in position to win and just didn't quite get it done. Uh, but then you kind of have the unknown commodity in Calzada, and a guy that, you know, I, I, I look back on the week that they played Texas A&M, and Brian Harson was really complimentary of what he saw from Calzada. And, you know, I think that that might be uh, someone they decide, okay, we know what we have in TJ. Let's try to roll with this new guy and see what we can do. Uh, but I think it will most certainly be a battle between both those guys. And we'll get to see, you know, who who does it, or if one of these other guys on the roster, Demetrius Davis, the guy that uh, was a true freshman this past year that didn't see the field, maybe a year of being in this system and sort of understanding the expectation, maybe he decides, you know, that he can step up and, and Harson feels comfortable with it. Uh, so it's, I mean, it's truly a wide open race, but I really think that it's probably going to come down to two guys that have SEC experience in Calzada and Finley. Um, just a couple more things, and then we'll get you out of here. Uh, what do you, or how do you see Auburn's recruiting class finishing up uh, with you know National Signing Day not too far away from us now? Yeah, you know it's going to be really interesting. Um, you know, I, I don't expect a ton. Uh, I don't expect them to add a ton of guys, but there are a few guys that I know that they really want. Uh, Jack Pyburn is a guy down in Jacksonville, an edge rusher that. Uh, they're really trying to go after. I think they're in pretty good shape, it seems like. 
Uh, it seems like it's going to be either Auburn or Miami. Uh, I believe he is going to announce on February 1st that he's going to let everybody know where he's going. I think he's like a three-star prospect and had, had some really good numbers for, for some competitive teams down there in Jacksonville, so that would be an, a big add. I think that one of the guys that they could land that might be the biggest addition of the February signing class would be Trevante Citizen. He's a running back from Louisiana. Had been committed to LSU for quite a while, and Auburn's really trying to push to get him. I'm not convinced that they're going to be able to get him. Uh, LSU with Brian Kelly has really picked back up and, and really made him a priority, it seems. And I would think that the home state LSU is, is probably going to put them over the top. Um, another guy that I'm really interested in to see what happens is a local guy for us from Lafette, Alabama. Uh, he uh, is uh, Antavius Woody. He's a guy that plays offensive line and defensive line. And I've seen projections but on both sides. Some people think he can play offensive guard. Others think he could play on the defensive line. Uh, but he's been a, a longtime Florida State commit at this point. He committed to FSU last summer. Auburn has tried and tried to get him to flip, and uh, he hasn't done it. And uh, I, I think as it stands, he's probably still going to sign with Florida State, but uh, they may try to try to push him and try to push that local angle and, you know, hey, you can stay home. Lafette's only probably 20, 25 minutes from Auburn. Um, that would be a guy, especially if they could get him on the offensive side because they could really use offensive line depth at this point. Um, so those are probably three guys that I'm really looking at. Uh, I think that Pyburn's probably the most likely. I think if they get Citizen, they should be really excited to add two really good running backs in this class with him and Demari Alston as well. Um, but we'll see. You know, they really surprised to close out the de- December signing class with some of the guys that they were able to reel in. And, and maybe that's sort of what this staff wants to do is kind of lay low and, and sort of make things look calm. And then, you know, all of a sudden the class is moving up. Uh, they could certainly use it with some of the uh, – the developments, coaches leaving, things like that. If uh, you know, it's always good to, to get the fan base feeling pretty good, if you can add a few four stars, a, a few guys that people are really excited about going into it here. Um, uh, this last one I want to ask you is, what do you see um, from Auburn? You know, as to what their next year's record will be, uh, what you're really looking for for year two from Brian Harson. I'm not going to hold you to record. You know, if you want to give me a prediction on record, you can. We're not going to hold you to it. But what do you what do you hope to see from year two, and what should we see from year two of Brian Harson? Yeah, I mean, as it stands, truthfully, guys, I think it's going to be an uphill battle. I, I just think I think the defense will be okay. I think that you know, even though they lost Derek Mason, they've got some really good players. I think their defensive line should be really stout. Linebacker should be in good shape with Owen Papo coming back. Um, and also get got guys like Wesley Steiner and Cam Riley that are ready to step up. Secondary will need some guys to, to really break out, especially with Roger McCurry moving on. But this offense, I, I'm just not convinced, is going to be able to keep up with some of the better teams in the SEC and, and even just the SEC West. We talked about the quarterback position. You know, I think Tank Bigsby will have another good year and, and Jarquez Hunter behind him, but you know, the receivers are a true question mark. The offensive line is is very concerning, in my opinion. And I'm not sure they really have guys, even guys that haven't played. Um, you know, they've got some intriguing prospects that are young. 
but I don't think you can plug and play those guys and feel like you're ready to take the next step. I think as it stands, unless these guys are able to, this coaching staff is able to add some guys from the portal, then I think you're looking at around 500 again. I think that you're really going to be sweating out to, to try to be bowl eligible. And, you know, frankly, I think that that's going to be a concern. I think that, you know, for what was brought in, you know, the expectations when you fire a guy like Gus Malzahn, who never had a losing season, and then you replace him with a guy in Brian Harson that had never coached in the SEC and, and had never coached at this level, uh, to immediately have a losing season left a lot of bad taste in people's mouth. And I'm very intrigued. I mean, if I, I feel like another season like 2021 is going to cause some issues. And, uh, again, they got time. If they can add some more talent, if they can bolster the receiving room and, and add to the offensive line, uh, but when you coach in the SEC, truly, you, you're working, especially if you're not Alabama or Georgia, you're working on borrowed time. And, and I think that this is going to be a rough season again for Auburn. And at the end of it, it's going to be very interesting if Brian Harson gets a year three. As as tough as that sounds and as, as maybe unfair as it may be, that's just sort of the nature of coaching in the SEC. And, and you get called in between a rock and a hard place being between Alabama and Georgia. Um, but that's sort of what he signed up for. You know, he wanted the competition, and uh, truthfully, I think it's going to be a really rough go of it in year two. Yeah, um, you're right. I mean, at a place like Auburn, you're expected to beat Alabama. You're expected to beat Georgia. And, you know, a 6-7 and seven team and, you know, potentially, you know, we don't know yet, but a, a, either a 500 team or maybe you flip it and you go 7-6, and six, that's just – not what you're expected to do at Auburn. You're expected to compete for the West. You're expected to compete for SEC titles. You're, you're expected to compete for national titles. And like you said, firing a guy like Gus Miles on to end up getting a return, a potential return like this, it's you know it it could be very well a hot seat going into year three if it happens like like you know it, if it happens like it could happen, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the thing to me is just look at the SEC West. I mean, you know, just off the top of my head, you could make arguments for all the teams in the West being capable of beating Auburn. And even the teams, you know, they did beat Arkansas, but that could be an improved Arkansas with another K.J. Jefferson. And I think Arkansas's got several guys back on defense, like Bumper Pool, the linebacker. Um, so, you know, they'll be formidable. Get the and transfer then portal Mississippi good. State, you know, <laughs> beat Auburn after Auburn got up 28-3. So, yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, a very tough uh, tough challenge ahead. But uh, but we'll see, you know, how it kind of plays out. Well, I think that's all I've got. Justin, you got anything? No, it was uh, – that you guys pretty much covered it. And it was very, very intuitive from uh, the Auburn side of things. I enjoyed it. Well, uh, great, great, yeah, glad, glad I was able to do it, guys. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, we'll get you out of here. Uh, thanks again for for being on the podcast. It's you know it's very enjoyable having you on. Um, so uh, we'll do it again though for sure. We appreciate your time. Yeah. Look forward to having you in the spring, oh. hopefully. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, guys. I, I enjoyed it as well. And anytime I'm able, I'm more than happy to hop on. All right, this has been another edition of the Rush Review. As always, give us a follow on Spotify. You can find us on social media at Appalachian Rush on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, drop us a comment, you know, 
uh, send us a shout out, something like that. DMs are open. Uh, you know, give us a rating on Spotify. And as always, it's been the real rush.